Aloha, my dear friends. This is Abe's Ukulele Podcast, and I'm Abe. This podcast is for ukulele players and teachers that want to get better at playing and teaching. In each episode, I sit down and talk story with some of the best names in the ukulele world, expanding our knowledge and just getting to know more about this wonderful little instrument. Today's episode is a special feature for the Ukulele Festival Hawaii 2021, happening on Oahu, July 18th. If you're new to the podcast, welcome! I do this semi-regularly, and it's always a good time. To learn more about me or hear more episodes, check out ukpodcast.com. That's U-K-E podcast.com. But let's move on to our guests this time. Roy and Kathy Sakuma have dedicated their life's work to spreading the joy of the ukulele through lessons, festivals, and community events. In 2004, they established Ukulele Festival Hawaii, a non-profit 501c3 organization to bring laughter, love, and hope to everyone through the ukulele. Although Ukulele Festival Hawaii was established in 2004, Roy Sukuma organized the first annual ukulele festival in 1971 while he was a maintenance worker for the city and county of Honolulu. Today, the annual ukulele festival on Oahu is the largest international ukulele festival of its kind in the world, bringing laughter, love, and hope. Um, so I have here the honor and pleasure of talking to Roy and Kathy Sakuma. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Our Very pleasure. Yeah. We're so happy we get to finally meet you. Yeah, it's great to meet you too. So um, I really wanted to talk to you because uh, you are the... I don't know if you could say the godparents of the Ukulele Festival Hawaii. You are you've been running it for so long. Um for those that don't know, could you talk a little bit just about the brief history of uh not just the Ukulele Festival but also your ukulele journey as players. Does that make sense? Yes, it makes sense. Uh, um I'm I'm just listening to that. I'm going to try and concise it so that you can okay. uh well, maybe I'll just give you a brief history of how I got started, because all right. it's all going to come into play with the ukulele festival. And uh, I was never musically inclined, but at 16 years old, I heard a song on the radio called Sushi, recorded by uh, Ota-san, whose uh, name is Herbert mm -hmm. Ota. And it was a beautiful song. It was number one in Hawaii on the radio station. And I fell in love with the song, though I, I could not play the ukulele. People tried to teach me, but I failed. And eventually, I saw his name in the paper giving lessons. I went to uh, see him, and he took me under his wing and taught me for 18 months, at which time he told me he had taught me everything that he had learned in five years, and it's time for me to go on my own and, you know, learn my own style. Well, about six months later, he called in me. 18 back. months? Yeah, 18 months. Well, oh, by the way, I practice six to eight hours a day, honestly. My goal was to Ooh, be, wow. be the best okay. ukulele player in the world. The funny thing is, the better I got on the ukulele, the more I realized how great the teacher was. Anyway, he called me back about 18 months after I had you know, left him, about a year. And then he told me, would you like to help me? All you have to do is tune up the ukulele for my students. He was going to teach adults. Sure, I can do that. And I was glad to reconnect with him. Well, after the first lesson, he tells me, Roy, I'm going to Japan. 
you teach my students. And I was scared. I said, I don't know how to teach. But he says, just do what I do. And so I did the same thing, Abe. I practiced at home for that whole week, talking to the mirror, talking to the closet, the walls, and trying to teach. Well, when I went in front of those adults, about 25 of them and taught, it came out naturally. And when he returned two weeks later, he asked me, how did I enjoy teaching? I said, I loved it. He said, you take over all my students. You teach them from now on. And I was so happy. Wow. That's how I got into teaching. And then I started to work for the city and county wow. groundskeeper at 22 years old. I was work 21. I was working as a groundskeeper, cleaning the parks in Waikiki, cleaning the bathrooms. And I had a dream of putting on an ukulele festival. I wanted to show people how the ukulele is not just a rhythm instrument, but it's a solo instrument. It's as good as any instrument in the world if played properly. That's why my dream came true in 1971 mm -hmm. when I put on the first annual ukulele festival. And not realizing why I called it the first annual, but now I understand 50 years later, as this year we celebrate our 51st annual ukulele festival. Mm -hmm. And um, I can remember uh, way back then, Kathy was my girlfriend, and I told her, I believe the ukulele will become, will go internationally throughout the world. I had that much faith and passion that this instrument will catch on throughout the world. And that was back in 1971. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how the ukulele started. Wow. That's crazy that you, um, you just picked the name annual. And you kind of just like, oh wow! But now it's going. It's, it's just it's, going it's, crazy. It's, yeah, it's just been an amazing journey, and you know, it's like Kathy uh, can describe this portion, but we didn't realize how fast fifty years would go by. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You want to share that? Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of great like lessons in there, like just throwing yourself in like that. Wow. So would you would you say you're the best player in the world now? Me? Some people might say, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not going to believe this. And my students and people never believe this. I, I tell them, I, I don't have time to practice. And uh, you wouldn't believe this, Abby, but uh, I rarely have ever performed on stage in Hawaii in these past 55 years that I've been playing the ukulele. Rarely. Wow. What? You you but took you over. Perform for your students. He actually you back in the no that wasn't on stage that was just sitting in a corner by myself. Well, that was Otasan's gig at um yeah, but she's talking about yeah. Otasan used to play in a hotel in a in a in a bar by himself in a corner just playing music, and when he asked mm -hmm. me to take over for him for two weeks, um the only reason I accepted is because I'm just sitting in a corner playing. It's like practicing by yourself. But not being on stage and performing, mm -hmm. which I didn't want any part of. Wow. And actually, I fell in love with teaching. I really fell in love with teaching. And that's all I wanted to do was teach, teach, mm -hmm. teach, teach. Yeah. And that's what I've been doing for mm -hmm. 55 years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really awesome. One, one thing I like to uh, ask people a lot is if they... Um, prefer or if they consider themselves a performer or a teacher more but then at the end i just kind of smush them together because as a teacher i feel like i'm performing a lot of the times anyway so mm -hmm. so yeah. um kathy what about you what can you talk a little bit about your ukulele journey 
Well, I, I, it's interesting uh, that it's 50 years. We feel so blessed, but I think what everybody sees today is even for you to tell us when you first got there, you were just kind of overwhelmed with everything. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we, it's, it wasn't like that 50 years ago. It was, mm-hmm. um, it almost felt like a family picnic uh, event. Uh, when it first started, it was so small, uh, you know, not a lot of students, not mm-hmm. a, and um, not a lot of, you know, performers. I don't think we even, we barely made two hours, right? Did it? That was about two hours, yes. It was a two-hour event. Um, there were no booths. That, that We just had the one food uh, concession at the park. And that food concession line was like mm-hmm. a mile long. Cause, <laughs> <laughs> and then after the event, after the two-hour event, then all the families would now picnic in the park. There would be a big picnic. Mm-hmm. And uh, p- all the families would invite us to their little picnic. And everybody would just hang out for the next three hours till five o'clock in the afternoon. Yes. It ended at like at two. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so different. But to see how it's grown, and I often say, um, we don't realize how much it's grown. It's like a parent when you see your child born and they hit their milestones in life. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't realize it until that happens. You go, how did 10 years go by? How did, how did, now you're graduating. Now mm-hmm. you're married. Now you have your own kids. I think that must be the same feeling because we don't realize it until it happens. Like, yes. wow. Yeah, <laughs> we've talked about this often. Yes, you know, it's 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 unreal how fifty years have gone by. So mm-hmm. over the fifty years, Roy and I have definitely seen the evolution of um, how the ukulele has grown, and I think um, I just can't even believe. I mean, at the time in the seventies when Roy said, "I believe it'll become international," it was like. It almost felt like what a ridiculous statement to say, you know, but that was his heart for his, you know, and everybody said, you know how you respond to someone who has this idea and say, oh, okay, yeah, okay, that's good. And you want to support them, but to see that it yeah. actually happened, it's, it's really, um, you know, you, you definitely proved us wrong for sure, <laughs> our thoughts. Um, feel very blessed yeah, that Ukulele has reached out to the world and people can see what a, a sweet and unintimidating, charming instrument that it is that anybody can pick up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Enjoy. I don't, I, I wouldn't say I know that much um, about the ukulele world, but um, I'd have to guess that the ukulele festival Hawaii had a really big part in making it go around the world. Um, and a lot of people actually don't know this. I realized this yesterday that the Ukulele Festival Hawaii is a nonprofit, which yes. is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was wondering, like, what, um, like, what is your hope for the future of this? And uh, I guess maybe a simpler question to start with would be, why is it a nonprofit? And what, you know, like, what's the core of what it does? Does that make sense? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, that was one of the, uh, I remember when Roy was telling, talking to me about it, it had to be free. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in the 70s, um, 
you know, we didn't have social media or all these things. To see an artist perform was like a really big deal. And mm. people didn't have um, the means to go into Waikiki with, with, or to see some big concert and see an artist perform, which is how you would see someone perform. With your family. With your family, mm -hmm. to bring your family. And mm -hmm. um, being that it was free was, was, was really important. And because Roy was working for the city, uh, when he when you first started, first started it, it was under the city, uh, and so uh, the city supported Roy with the location, and we just had to show up and put on a, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, I, th I think what happened during those years is that um, eventually the mayor called us into his office and said, "You know, we appreciate how you always give credit to the city on the Sukalale Festival, but really you started it." and you should continue on your own so he encouraged us to just do it on our own the city would always be there to support us and as the years went by um, because we had a business teaching we would try to um, in a small way finance the uh, events so we can keep on putting it on free to the public because that was my passion and it became her passion to feature children playing the ukulele and all the entertainers uh, I've always asked all these great entertainers, all these great entertainers in Hawaii, hey, can you can you come and just donate your time for two or three songs? There's no payment involved. We just want you to support all mm -hmm. these children that come out to play the ukulele. Let the children be the stars, and you just be a small part of helping them. And everybody latched onto it. For 50 years, they have come and donated their time. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until 2004 when the festival was growing bigger and bigger and financing became an issue that um, uh, our friends suggested and we agreed that we should start a nonprofit. And so that's what we did. And by starting the nonprofit, now we had people who could donate to the organization to help fund the event because it really got expensive when you saw it, when you came. You saw the food booths. You saw the booths yeah. for children to have fun. You saw the coloring, all these things in the park. Mm -hmm. It just made it to be a family affair. Mm -hmm. And so the nonprofit really helped us to sustain, to keep this mission going on. Mm -hmm. And so we're very thankful for that. And, uh, you know, probably many of your listeners after listening to this, we hope that they'll come to Hawaii eventually when this pandemic is over and see what this event is all about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was... Um, I highly recommend You know, as it got bigger, like from the 70s to the 80s, um, it's it just slowly, very slowly started to grow. Um, we knew we never... Uh, I think in the beginning, it was the ukulele artists who really wanted to support but it wasn't a mainstream instrument you know the ukulele at that time mm -hmm. so i i feel like the only ones who did come to the event at that time were uh, like uh community um groups ukulele groups like um the ukulele city and county ukulele group you were teaching and then the students that we had and so that was our audience the students and their families but from there it grew and it started, the family started bringing friends and the aunties and uncles and the aunties and uncles started bringing other friends. And I, and people saw the joy um, that these uh, amateur ukulele players, they just felt the joy. 
And it just kind of permeated throughout the whole event. And I think people latched on to that. And eventually, um, people, adults started coming to, up to us and saying, man, those kids, if they can play that, I think I can too. And then they, it started like uh, the interest started to grow. I think the, yeah. the pureness of the kids playing this simple instrument and then whether they made played it perfectly or not, which it wasn't perfect. It was just pure joy. I think mm -hmm. I always feel they're like the true ambassadors of the they, Kaleli. They were. And, 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 I, and I believe what happened throughout all these years when visitors came from around the world and they saw the joy on stage and the, the enjoyment of playing the ukulele, they would buy one and take it back home to wherever they came from. And then we get emails. Hey, I started an ukulele club in Da 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 City, and and it just kept on growing, and so so many um, emails came to us from people that came to the festival, that bought an ukulele, learned how to play it, and started their own ukulele club where they came from. So I uh, I really do feel, and I I think Kathy will um, say this too, that the ukulele festival was the it's it's like the birthplace of the ukulele now, like throwing a pebble in the water and watch the the, the water just spread out, you know, the ripples. It just circulated the globe. Yeah. And the ukulele is, is well-respected throughout the whole world. Uh, such a great dream to come true. I'm happy that, and Kathy's happy that everyone can enjoy, enjoy the beauty and the sound of the ukulele. You can play just simple chords, and it's joyful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't know who it was. Maybe it was um, maybe it was Jake who said, "I don't think you can play a sad song on the ukulele." <laughs> like, I've heard like songs that are close to sad, but everything I hear on the ukulele is is just so happy. Mm -hmm. um, I really love that the focus actually is on the kids because I didn't even realize. Um, for those of you that don't know, I attended the 2019 ukulele festival and it was so awesome, but. Up until the time that I actually visited, I thought, oh, it's, you know, it's for these big names. Oh, Jake's going to be there. Oh, Fuladipad's going to be there and they're going to play. But the combination of the kids and the actual, the setup of the bandstand with the steps, I thought it made it so much more inviting to like what you're talking about of the, just the spirit of the instrument and just mm -hmm. everyone can play it. It's so happy. It's so joyful. Um, but yeah, I, I just loved it. It was so. It was so nice to be there. <laughs> um, yes. So a lot of things are changing now, especially with this past year um, and not being able to meet in person. Um, I don't know how things have been in Hawaii. I know that it shut down travel for a while. And, you know, here in Connecticut, we had all these different things. And then it was a little funny. You couldn't travel to Massachusetts, but you could travel to New York and, you know, all these different things. There's so many things to, you know, keep track of. but. Um, Aside from all the difficulties, uh, what is happening that is new this year? Something, something big is happening, right? I mean, totally big. So uh, this year, it'll be a, an online, live online virtual event, which we've never done. And mm. thanks to Craig Chi and Sarah Maisel, they're putting all that together. In fact, the first event will be this weekend, uh, April 11th. And it'll spotlight uh, our local ukulele makers, Kamaka, uh, Ko'aloha, Ko'olau, 
and Kamilea, Kamilea. Yes. and it'll spotlight uh, on many of the artists who are endorsed by these ukulele makers. So this is something um, that we're so happy that Ukulele Festival Hawaii can do. And um, it's an opportunity for the world to see you come to the Ukulele Festival in, in person and you'll see all, you'll see Kamaka and Koloha Kanilea and Koolau. Uh, you'll see them there, but for it to be recorded and to be shown live virtually all over the world to reach that many people and to share that is, it's really exciting. So, and it's, it's the first of three events leading up to the granddaddy which will be Hawaiian Ho's 51st Annual Ukulele Festival, Sunday, July 18th. Well, the next event after April 11th is May 16th. And uh, in a way, um, well, I am looking forward to it because it is, I've been invited, and this is the first time, obviously this is the first time I will be giving an ukulele lesson uh, live streaming virtually. I've never done this before. So uh, I... Awesome. I I said, well, what am I going to teach, you know? And they said, teach anything, Roy. They're, they're, they're beginners, they're intermediate, they're advanced. I said, well, I would assume that the majority are medium or beginners. So to all your listeners out there who are beginners, don't be, don't be uh, afraid. Come join us because it's free on May 16th on our, our YouTube channel. And I'll be teaching. And um, I, I don't know what I'm going to teach yet, but I'm going to share some of the 55 years of experience of how I've helped people in workshops. Because when, you, when you're teaching a workshop of 300 people and you see their mistakes, um, because I've been teaching so long, I believe I can correct the mistakes in a matter of 10, 15 seconds. So I'll just have to assume that I'm looking mm -hmm. at all the people out there that are having problems, and I'll just tell you how to shift and to adjust. So it's going to be exciting. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Oh, oh my that, student, that does sound my exciting. Student, uh, my student is going to be Jake. <laughs> he, he's, he, okay. he was Oh, so you're, are you going to teach him live? Well, I was his, yeah, I was his teacher. You know, he, he learned from our studio for seven years. So, so when I, when I, uh -huh. I, I did a promo, I think, and I said, I, I called Jake my student, and then I switched it around. I said, you know, it should be the other way around. I'll be Jake's student. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, he wants to be my student. Oh, that's great. He wants to play with me. He said, "Roy, mm -hmm. I want to play one song." <laughs> I said, "Okay, just keep on wishing. We'll see if it comes true." <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. uh, I think that's going to be great. I hope I can make it. Uh, do you know what day of the week that is? That, that's a Sunday, right? It's, it'll be all on Sundays. Yeah. Okay, I will be there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll be here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get um, your ready. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, I got one here just next yes. to my computer. So, uh, another big thing this year is you're actually kind of passing on the baton to Craig and Sarah. And I was just wondering, like, how has that been like working with them and kind of handing off your legacy to them? So, uh, what Craig and Sarah, what their role is, is they will be organizing and coordinating the day to day logistics and planning of the ukulele festival that we have on Oahu uh, because we do have ukulele festivals on Maui and the big island of Hawaii. Um, so they, uh, they're they taking a, a big, um, yeah, we're 
it used to be Roy and I doing all the work and the planning, but we feel it's time for the uh, younger people to come in, step in, and really bring us into the 21st century and move us forward to to many more decades. So Ukulele Festival Hawaii, as a nonprofit, we still oversee all the events. Uh, Roy and I are still, as founders of the nonprofit, we still are involved in that. And the only thing basically we've stepped out of is the organizing and coordinating of um, the Oahu event. And, yeah. and Craig and Sarah have been working so hard and bringing so many new exciting elements uh, to our event, uh, to the annual Ukulele Festival on Oahu. So they've already uh, just started um, re-blossoming. As you say, the 21st century, right? And yeah. They, they're just doing, they're doing an awesome job. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. Yes. I agree. From what I can see, it looks like uh, I hear some of the, you know, some of the stories because uh, I, I talk tech with uh, Craig every now and then. Um, and of course, I, I watch their events. Um, it's really exciting. And especially now that there's three this year, there's three little festivals. Um, yes, leading up I'm, to the big leading, one. Leading up to the big one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So um, just a few more questions. Um, sure. I was wondering, over all these years, do you have any uh, like memorable moments or like performances from all these years like what, oh my what are your favorite moments you don't have to rank them okay you don't have to say yes. number one but just just some of the things that come to mind that really you know well um, i would talk about things yeah but, well you want to talk about yours first go ahead okay so little things like um you know we give uh, we started to give, once we were able to get a little bit um, of more funding, we would give a gold medal to every performer who performed. So they would walk off stage and they would be walked out to the where they get dispersed. And as they walk off stage, they would be pre presented a gold medal. One of the uh, young kids uh, came to us and said, um, the grandmother came, well, they came to the lesson. And I said, oh, you still have your gold medal on. And the grandmother said, he has not taken that off. He wears it every day. He wears it to school. He wears it to sleep. I said, oh, my gosh, that's so precious. And that same year was the year Roy told me, Kathy, you need to stop giving out medals because we just can't afford it. I said, oh, no. No, you find a way to pay for those medals. We are not taking them off the list. That's why we have oh, to be great. thankful to sponsors and to individual people that donate to Ukulele Festival Hawaii because it is a nonprofit. It's a 501c3 uh, nonprofit. Mm -hmm. And that has um, helped us to sustain through these years to continue the Ukulele Festival. Uh, one of my favorite moments, and uh, uh, I was walking around the park uh, every Sunday morning, I play basketball. And I met these two gentlemen who were just finished exercising. I thought they were football players, so I talked to them. And we had a friendly chat. So eventually, uh -huh. uh, the, the, one of the guys says, I'm, oh, I play a little keyboards. I'm coming home from Southeast Asia. And he reaches out his hand. He says, hi, I'm James Ingram. And I says, well, hi, I'm Roy Sakuma. Now, I didn't know James Ingram at that time was the number one uh, most nominated Grammy Award singer in the history of the Grammys. And I didn't know. Yet I teach his songs. But I listen to tapes. I, I, I don't know yeah. where the song is. Well, 
uh, I, I invited yeah. him out to dinner, and he accepted. And and so on that afternoon, they had the Pro Bowl in Hawaii, and it says, ladies and gentlemen, James Ingram. And I said, Kathy, that's who I invited for dinner. <laughs> and anyway, we went out to dinner. I know, and I said, oh, my God, bro, you don't know who that is. I don't I'm know so who he is. I said, you better call him right now and apologize. And you you didn't even know who he was. And so I, next morning, I called up, and he, he laughed. He says, Roy, I knew you didn't know who I am, and I would have to be arrogant if I think everyone knows me. Here, please talk to my wife. And so I talked to his wife. We went out to dinner. Um, they had 16 people. Actually, it was 30 people. <laughs> but I had I, we had friends who um, got us 30 tickets on the dinner cruise. You know, We got another friend to provide limos. And um, during that dinner conversation, I just shared to, with James what we do, putting on this ukulele festival. And he says, I will come next year. You, you don't have to pay me. I will come and support your event. Oh. We became brothers. We became so close. His wife and, and, and James and his wife and Kathy and I became so close. And uh, he came to Hawaii six times to perform in the festival. Mm -hmm. An amazing, amazing man. Wow. Yeah. And then Debbie, his wife, asked, hey, do you guys don't have a theme song? We said, no. Uh, no. She goes, you need a theme song. I said, oh, really? So she got James and um, Roy together one morning. The yeah. next morning, they met and we met at our studios and, and said, you guys are going to write a song and don't come out of that room until it's done. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they wrote our theme song, which is Come and Join Us. And... Um, so Daniel Ho and James, uh, they kind of arranged it, and uh, it it was wonderful. It won Song of the Year that year in Hawaii. Yeah, beautiful song, beautiful song. Ah. James has six children of his own, own. Mm. So when he heard that this event involved mm. so many kids, that's when he turned to his um, road manager. His road manager, and he just said, "Make it happen." Mm -hmm. Amazing man, nice. amazing. Yeah, so that's that's. Yeah, I have so wow, many stories. There's endless stories of it. Yeah, I could speak to you for four hours with Captain. Well, I could, yeah. I could ask you about all these stories all day, but we don't have all day, unfortunately. I um, I did have one one more question. This is more for like the other festival organizers out there, because uh, as you might know, ukulele festivals are popping up left and right. Um, so I wanted to know. Over the years, are there any like big difficulties that stand out in your mind? And how did you, um, like difficulties in putting together the festival and how did you overcome them? I know you mentioned a little bit about it, but um, is there any specific like things you could give that might help other festival organizers? I'm going to start off and then let uh, my wife, Kathy, finish this off. Because uh, when, I, when I watch how she organizes, so one of the things she does amazingly well, just just phenomenally well, is she anticipates what could go wrong, what could happen where there could be a mix-up or there could be a child loss or something goes wrong on stage. So anticipating that ahead of time, she's already instructed our volunteers, almost 100 people, how to approach things. Whatever should happen in any situation, this is what we're going to do. And she has outlined everywhere. So every volunteer comes every year. And I think the reason they come back, she gives every volunteer an outline 
of, of what they're going to be helping with. So you don't feel lost. You don't feel like you go to help and you're just standing there. You don't know what to do. You always have something to do to contribute to the success of the event. And this is truly one of the reasons why the festival has gone so smoothly when you saw it. And you look at everything we have there mm-hmm. and it just flows. Well, I, I think a lot of most of the credit goes to her organization skills. Well, from my point of view, I, you know, over the years, what made the festival what it is, is um, just the support of mm-hmm. our staff, our young, we have young instructors. A lot of them are teenagers. Uh, they, they take on a human, huge task of organizing so much, but also our friends yes. who come out, um, all the volunteers, um, they're the ones who truly make it happen, like what you saw that day. I, I think if I had any advice to any organizer is to stay focused on the spirit of the event, what it mm-hmm. is that uh, at the end of the day, um, if you sh- let everyone know, not just the performers on stage, the headliners, but everybody, the volunteers, the workers, everyone, that at the end of the day that you really care about their experience, um, that will will move you forward. And that's what hopefully you want everyone to feel yes. and that mm-hmm. that'll end up in, in a successful event wow thank you no that's great it sounds like actually kathy has a lot of power especially with the, the story from james ingram and james ingram's wife sounds like wives have a lot of power i know my wife has a lot of power <laughs> um, <laughs> It's amazing. All the things that you guys are sharing. Uh, Thank you so much, uh, Roy and Kathy, for um, spending the time with me and sharing all these amazing things. Um, I wish I could sum it up, but you guys did a perfect job. Um, Yeah. Is there any last words you want to uh, part with our listeners? Yeah. Next time you come to our event, don't be shy. You come up and talk to us. I definitely will. I was was far too intimidated by everything. Oh, I, I, if I may promote one thing on May 16th, I know there's one thing for sure. I'm going to share a song that came to me back in 1970. And and that song has kind of circled all over. And it's, it's a very simple song that when you sing it, hopefully it'll have a special message. Yeah, so that's going to be part of the May 16th thing. But we're looking forward to our, our Ukulele Festival on July 18th. And we hope to see you. Uh, if, if next year we go live again at the park, it'd be great to have you come there and uh, and then uh, hook up with us and get to meet all the people that are involved. It, it's, it's, it's very fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so t- stay tuned yeah, to all of that. To the event and uh, a real special mahalo to Craig and Sarah for yes. making all this happen because we were really wondering is, if the 50th was going to be the last event. But so we feel so blessed that we were able to continue. continue, Yes. So thanks to people like you, Abe, who give us the opportunity to share our messages. We hope that the joy of the ukulele will just continue to spread. As Kathy always says, you know, for those of you that play the ukulele, you notice you hold it like this. The ukulele is held right by your heart. So when you play and you hold it, Mm -hmm. she always uses the term, like you're holding a baby. You, you hold it gently. Mm-hmm. You don't squeeze when you hold the cords. You, you do everything gently, you know. 
then the music comes from your heart. Mm -hmm. Ah, that's okay. beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's that's probably the best way to end this. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much again for, um, for taking the time. Well, that's it for this episode. Huge mahalo to my guests and to Craig and Sarah for making this happen. If you want to learn more, check the links in the show notes. My name is Abe, and I just want to thank you for spending some time with me. I hope you have a wonderful day, and until next time, keep on strumming.